All right, welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. If you're like me as an entrepreneur, small business owner, you know that the hardest part about running your business is the people, right? I do marketing and I find marketing to be challenging sometimes, but ultimately it just comes down to budget, some good creative minds, branding, right? When it comes to HR, my guest today, Katie, she is an expert. She's been at it for a long time. She calls long herself the, yeah. The, yeah. the innovative HR consultant. So Katie <laughs> Howard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. This is great. I'm really honored. Absolutely. So I was looking on your LinkedIn and so it says, you know, um, innovative HR consultant, client engagement extraordinaire, culture yeah. developer, uh, assisting organizations in achieving the next level of HR. For sure. So I, I'm going to own that. It's great marketing, but it's also no, accurate. it's good. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I like it because you talked before we got on the podcast here, you were talking about it's human, right? That human 100%. approach, which I think that even looking at LinkedIn right now, if you go and you look at any job post, even when I post jobs, I sometimes miss the mark um, in, in just kind of posting it like, here's the job description, but not really thinking about the human aspect. So I'm, I'm, I'm here to get schooled by you, you know, and I, I don't. Interestingly enough, I got schooled by that when I first came into James Moore. I can't, you know, for five years, I was um, C-suite at local government, and I was classic for put, slapping up the really boring job description. But again, the market was different then, and you could attract people. I was like, nothing's more enticing than push, pull, lift 40 pounds. I mean, <laughs> I want that job. And, and so when I kind of teamed up with a talent acquisition manager at James Moore to help one of my clients post a job. She, I sent her my first draft. She's like, what is this? <laughs> this is, this right. is like, this well, tells me nothing about what people want. And I was and, like, and, never thought of that. And do you think it's like now with AI, you know, I have my feelings on AI either way for marketing HR for all different types of use cases, but are you noticing that it's getting worse? Because I noticed before I got on the podcast with you, I was just looking at some job posts clearly written with AI. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be like a necessary evil in a sense. I think people are leaning too much on it. And that's where honestly, you're really going to have to write policies and procedures about what your employees can do with AI. I think it's great for writer's block and kicking you off, mm -hmm. but it absolutely should not be like copy paste done. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. End you all. need to individualize it because quite honestly, what you'll see is employees want, don't send them mass emails anymore. Don't send them generic posts. Don't, everything needs to be individualized. So it needs to start at the actual job ad. So posting up some chat GPT version of a job ad is just not going to cut it. So what, what other trends are you seeing in HR right now? Well, AI is huge. That's all we talk about for real. Um, and, you know, <laughs> how robots are going to take over the world and we're not going to need humans anymore, which is 110% inaccurate. We are yeah. definitely, it's just how those jobs shift. And, and what I preach the most to my clients and their employees, be ready to adapt. Just okay. adapt, open yourself up to new opportunities Try something new, which is actually, we are with, you know, we kind of started touching on generational. We are in the best generations. These folks adapt and are agile like nothing else, but it's, it's also embraces, they shift very quickly, whether it's for a new location, new job, new hustle, new gig, because they don't really look at careers like we did coming in. 
you know, I, I tell my clients all the time, don't shoot yourself in your own foot by being, when you see a resume and you see two years, two years, two years, two years, and they're like, uh, no out job jumper, you know, Scarlet J can't come into my, you're just going to leave. Um, that's actually good tenure anymore for two years because they just view it differently. And if you can get two years out of a high performer, you're doing really good because five years out of a poor performer, yeah, they stayed, but what did you get out of them really? So you kind of have to take a totally different look on what your applicants look like now. And it's and and I think for this, obviously we're talking about Gen Z, but maybe some millennials as well, younger millennials. Sure. They they they're not really driven by money. That's no surprise. But what are right. they driven by? Purpose. What's their purpose? What's your purpose? What's your societal impact? What's your green footprint? What you know, what are we doing as together in teamwork? How does the team, how will I fit? It's all there. You know, we're talking about a group that's been raised on, you know, I, I would have never aligned myself with like a YouTuber. Like that doesn't, like, like I wouldn't look at a movie star or growing up or a singer, just like my children look at YouTubers or um, not what I can't think of the word, influencers. influencers you know, it's all yeah. about, right. Gamers. It's all about, yeah. likes it's all about you know how many stars how many hearts how many followers so it all kind of follows through and what they're looking what they see out there in social media is what they're looking for in their in their workplace and so they want that individuals of that recognition how do I compare to others I want to get more likes it's crazy but that's literally the mentality so I mean, if I'm thinking about as as a small business owner and maybe even the mid-sized companies, I feel like we we were not as disadvantaged as traditionally we've been, you know, benchmarking against like big corporations that have the the budgets for HR teams and HR consultants. So for small to medium businesses now with the advent of AI and the behavioral changes of these generations do you feel that like that's that's almost like if you're small to medium, you're at an you even have playing a competitive field. advantage, right? And it's it's kind of crazy how the tides have turned where nonprofits and smaller businesses to medium sized businesses have actually the competitive advantage because with nonprofits they've always been about purpose. I mean yeah. they've never been able, unfortunately, to pay you know what big corporations mm -hmm. have. And the sad and the great part, but also the sad part is corporations now have intertwined a lot of their societal impact to kind of draw those people back. Like, Hey, we can pay and we can right. do this. Yeah. But the truth be told, our, our younger generations, millennial, I mean, myself included, I don't want to be a number and I don't want to just be in the humdrum shuffle. I kind of want to matter as a human and they can do, you know, smaller companies can do holistic HR easier and they don't trust there's so lack of trust in the world today. So if you think somebody's going in like, oh, I 100% trust this giant company. No, they don't. Right. So, just because they have a DEI, you know. Right. No, it's all says, an agenda. They think it's uh, all an agenda. So when for they shareholders, can actually, <laughs> hey, they can actually, you know, they're watching Suits right now. <laughs> it's replaying on Netflix. That's their image of what the world is. And so when they can go in and actually meet the CFO, meet the COO, meet you know, they're at an arm's length and you can see them every day and interact with them regularly. You got a different perspective and you can develop that trust a lot easier. Absolutely. So what tools like for, you know, the average small to medium business, a lot of our listeners are small to medium uh, business owners and marketers and, and just all around executives, you know, what tools 
can they use to help them do better HR aside from hiring a Katie right. or a company like James Moore? Right, right. A hundred percent. I mean, know your resources. It's a lot of companies use payroll systems. Okay. There are a lot of that. Yes. There might be a little bit extra premium and, and, and do steps. I, I would, first of all, a hundred percent invest in a decent payroll system and add on an applicant tracking to that because okay. getting, having a proper recruiting and onboarding is so integral these days. And the fact that you're not doing all this paperwork and because you want to be safe with the Department of Labor. So, you you know, timekeeping is huge. Payroll, IRS, with making sure your payroll is done, overtime, all that stuff is the most important foundation because I say this consistently. I would never want the DOL to show up at my doorstep because it's not, will they find something? They're going to. They don't waste their time. And we've all been guilty of something. I don't care how great of an HR person you are. Right. I've heard of high, I mean, just now, Publix and Gainesville is now um, under question, I think, for, you know, issues. With yes, I saw that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was their assistant managers were salaried. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that gets you in big trouble first. And, and it's unfortunate. And, and you don't think of it and you're not doing it maliciously. However, it happens. So I think a payroll system with an applicant tracking into an onboarding is one of the best investments you can make. And there's so many offerings out there. There's very affordable offerings for very, very small companies. And it's just trying to see what's best fit for you and what will grow with you and what you want to grow into. In, in terms of like the applicant process that you're talking about, um, are for, for the companies you work with, how much weight do they put on a LinkedIn profile versus a resume? Just, just taking those two components. I know they're very small, you know, this is like you know, getting your foot in the door. Right. And it's all about, Mar I mean, we all look at everything. So if it's out there, you're going to, you know, but the thing is, I think there's a statistic that 75% of people's resumes are not necessarily fraudulent, but might be fluff in some, you know, the accuracy. <laughs> right, it's embellished. <laughs> same, yeah. Same with your LinkedIn profile. Oh, totally. So yeah. You, you want to present right. yourself the best version yeah. of yourself. And it's all you may, may not be there yet. Yeah. You know, Somebody might not think I'm innovative and amazing, but I do. <laughs> so, you know, it's all, it is a lot about perspective, which is why I also say at the end of the day, make someone fill in an Apple actual application that is an actual, you know, signature sealed document that you can't be fraudulent on, that you worked here, went to school for this, you know, that if you do a check on it and it comes back, they aren't being accurate you can actually, you know, dissolve the employment relationship as a result. Okay. I've seen it before. <laughs> it's not in, very fun. And in, in, in terms of, of that, though, that you see on the LinkedIn profile, which is more of a marketing aspect of, you know, getting yourself out there for, especially for like young people, you know, I'm sure, you, you know, employers not supposed to, but they're going to go and do their secret sort of uh, secret check. Yeah, to, to try yeah. to figure out, like, let me look at their TikTok, their Instagram, whatever. Oh, but sure. So put those aside because, you know, I, I have different feelings on those. But as far as like LinkedIn being that as a professional network, you know, what's your advice for like young people who are like who are actually tomorrow? I have a um, a session uh, with my nephew who is at his first year in college and we're going to build his LinkedIn because he's in college and doesn't have a LinkedIn. So I, I said, it. hey, we're going to sit down. We're going to go through all the different components because this is going to lead to your internship, yada, yada. And then you're going to build your right. resume there. 
So, so what's your advice to young people? Cause here's what I hear some young people. Ah, I'm not on LinkedIn. I don't care. And I'm like, no, but employers do. A hundred percent. And I want to say, you know, cause you get the, like, they kind of connect it to Facebook which is like, uh, it's for old people. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, no, do you want a job? So, uh, you probably should. Um, because I, I mean, everybody utilizes it and in the employer world and, I think it's number one, it's building your brand. What is your employee and brand as an employee? What do you want to be recognized for? So if you are great at quantitative stuff, you love the numbers, highlight the pro like he's new, highlight the projects he's done, you know, all the thing, you know, professors he's worked with, try to get them to write, hey, this guy was great in my class, or somebody he's worked with or an internship, you know, try to get the recognition on there. Set yourself different. Don't be – and take the time. Like, put the time in it. It's like a resume. Don't just throw something on a piece of paper and be like, eh, that's good enough. Because I get it. Unemployment is low right now. And, yes, there's a high availability of jobs. However, quantity is not necessarily quality. And, and right. unfortunately, our newbies have really high expectations of what they think they're going to get when they get out of school. And reality check is it's not necessarily what right. you think it is. And, and so to get the best of what you're going to get, you better be prepared for it. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is the, 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 the culture of side hustles, right? Like I can, 100%. I can just do two more side hustles or uh, go on it's up a gig or, or Instacart. I'll, right. I'll hang out here for, you know, a couple months and something else will come along. You know, that, that, that's, that's just the nature of the beast there. They, again, they look at careers completely different than we do. My daughter just graduated from college and she is actually uh, studying to be a funeral director. And so she's in the midst of taking her boards and stuff. And she's like, she had Phoenix, she's like, I don't know if I want to do this forever. I was like, well, <laughs> you just went to college for this. Who, who, sa who says you have to do this forever, hon? Yeah. Like dip your toe it's in. It'll take you. If something interests you, you might be selling makeup for funeral homes or, you know, like you don't know where it's going to take you. Just get your foot in and start spread your wings. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different mindset, right? I it think is. it's like the difference between um, allowing your employees to work from home hybrid versus just office. Because I remember in 2016, when we went fully hybrid and then by 2018, we were fully virtual. So way before the pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. um, we really haven't really, I, I, I'm just speaking for our, our team really haven't missed out on any, you know, cultural and because it's a small organization right. right um and honestly the thing that people have gained the most which i couldn't i can't compensate them in this because it's not there's no way to do it is their freedom yeah. so everyone has gained more time and overall they're happier because they have more time to do what they you know eliminate a lot of meetings and so i know that certain employers and i have clients myself who are like no they gotta come into the office even if it's not a brick and mortar type of front facing, you know, business, um, I don't get it because you have people right now in the marketplace that are brilliant. I have some who work for me who would never have applied for the job if it weren't at least hybrid, mm -hmm. if not fully virtual. Well, and I said, I'm kind of one of those people. I was lucky enough as well to be remote prior to COVID. So I, I was already, and I was in the consultative state of mind. So it was an adjustment. 
Um, and when COVID hit, and then subsequently when I came on to James Moore, I was not close to their the office I was technically based out of. Now, since then, our whole team is fully remote. None of us go into the office. However, what was interesting was I was already consultative. Um, my president, she was half and half because she was also running the internal side of James Moore at the time. She doesn't do that. She's fully external now. And then our first um, team member, she came in, and it's an adjustment from internal to external. Like, mm -hmm. it's a lot different. And then, Absolutely. But she, she adjusted pretty fast because your hand, you got to keep in mind everything that's going on at everybody else's businesses, and nobody's got the same thing going on, and everything's different. Say, and then our third person, she also came from inter I mean, our fourth person, and it, it's been even more. She's like, I don't know how you guys do this, but she's now finally kind of getting her swing. But it's like, she, you know, it's an adjustment to not be around people all the time and, and what that looks like. Now, I don't have, you know, myself, I'm out obviously doing my business development thing and engaging with people. Um, I do think my dog would will himself to death if I was no longer in my work, working from home, but I love the time aspect. And here's exactly tagging on what you said. I kind of got down a rabbit hole, but my point is I couldn't go back. I, I would be, I would go starving in the street more than likely. <laughs> I would have to be at that point to go back to internal back. Me, to me too. Me too. And it's just, just, it's a different way of life. Is, it's amazing. And if I'm doing the same amount of quality of work and I'm right. getting, you know, and I'm nailing all my achievements and people just like me are doing the same thing. Why does it matter? Yeah. It, I don't understand it, that. it really doesn't. It's a, it's a different way. Tell me something interesting um, in your career, HR related. Okay. Uh, maybe it's something interesting an applicant did or a, maybe, maybe not the company because I don't want to get you in trouble, but um, just, something that's really odd or interesting that has happened to an well, applicant? You know, uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, a couple of things. First of all, I never say I have seen it all at an employer ever in my internal life. And my, I mean, when I, my first 10 years was at a hospital system. Right. And, and that is literally sex, drugs and rock and roll. I mean, you've got high level doctors and nurses and I mean, everybody's working out. It, it, it all shifts of the night. Let me go it, cancel my appointments now. Yeah. It gets real weird a lot. I can genuinely say I can identify a whole bunch of pills um, <laughs> as a result because I'm, it's sad. It is a really sad, sad world. How much, drugs get diverted and even with you know electronic to kind of help that sure. diversion where there is a will there is a way and people sure. do it and and that was that what you know it, it was insane what people would do to do it um so and and of course then i was with public safety for a while i, I one of the most interesting conversations i had because unfortunately public safety doesn't necessarily trust administration aka the white house and they were having some issues and I said, okay, let's talk about the F word. And they're like, oh, no, we know we can't say that around you. And um, I said, it's not necessarily true. Like, I'm aware this is <laughs> what this is like, what your day-to-day. -day. But they're – and I'm never going to come in here and say, you can't use the F word. That is, unfortunately, the norm – you know, I mean, I'm not going to say what I use, but this is the norm in your day-to-day. -day. What I can't have is you saying it at each other. So there is a way of properly using it. So when we cross the line of using it as an insult an individual, yes, you will be seeing me again. However, you can use it effectively <laughs> without crossing, you know, a policy line. And you have to, you have to normalize what they're, you're never going to shut them down. So you got to do a workaround where it's like, least, but I always warned them. 
at the end of the day, and I say this to this day, it only takes one. And we are in a world of oversensitivity, unfortunately. I think a lot of it is important that's come out. But I think a lot of it is manipulated to other people suit their agenda. And, 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 and small businesses need to understand at 15 employees, that can cost them very quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I just saw a headline earlier this week that uh, Coke had decided to remove or take down uh, the Black Lives Matter page on their website. Just, you know, not that they don't support them anymore, but just, you know, they're 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 just kind of right riding that way right. right like maybe maybe people who are applying aren't as interested in the social aspect with their company i don't know but when you think about dei or when you think about social environmental like the, all the different things for this generation the gen z uh, are, is is it at, at large are these things that when they apply they say i want to find organizations that you know respect or, or yeah, is it they do. don't care? They, they just want to go. They just want a job. It's, it's kind of honestly, it goes both ways. You have some that's like, I am so kind of exhausted of this being pushed, push, push. I kind of want a corporate or a job or a, an employer that just lets me do my job. And at the end of the day, let's be fair, consistent. And, and you know, we don't have to have a cause assigned to us on every little thing. We don't have to have, you know, why can't we just do what we do best and then and not assign ourselves to, you know, some initiative on top of whatever political side, whatever spectrum you're on, you know, I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to, you know, a job. Yeah. Uh, Like I, I, I just saw one, you might find this very interesting. And of course, being that we're both here in Florida, this could only happen in Florida. Oh yeah. There's a, say that a lot though. Yes. There's a roofing company in Cape Coral. And this will come as no surprise, that area, very, very right wing leaning. They uh the the roofing company for their November promotion, they're gonna give you a free. So if you install a new roof, they're gonna give you a free turkey. Okay. I mean, okay, a turkey, but a roof is like 20, 30, 40, yeah, 50 thousand dollars. I'm like, a turkey is like 30 bucks. Come on. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, but but here's the kicker: you get a turkey and then AR 15. No way. A machine gun. Yes, yes. I mean, their whole promotion is insane. And of course, the owner, you know, the news, uh, West News or one of the other channels went there and interviewed the owner. And he understands that he's doing it for publicity, propaganda to promote. And he understands. And so, you know, um, but but he, I guess, genuinely feels that everyone should be armed with an AR-15, which is kind of nonsense. But I think of like kind of what (laughs) we're just talking about. In my opinion, a little excessive. It's um, excessive. And I mean, I just can't imagine someone being like, oh, like, hey, that, I want to go work for that guy. Yeah. You know, but you would be surprised. But then what are you recruiting? That's right. Well, I mean, I, I definitely won't be calling them, but I, I make no, my own turkey. It's not and, my style. Not my style. You know, and it's so funny because we're in a weird spot with HR. We're Switzerland all the time. Yes. We, uh, the, yes. I will never forget. You're like, right. We wanted to do like some kind of fun to send to all our clients about it's St. Patrick's Day. We're lucky to have you. And like, yes. you know, and we all <laughs> sat on a call for 30 minutes. We're like, is there anything political and or not sensitive to St. Patty's Day? And we can't, we're like, no, we think we're good. We're not, we're not citing or saying anything. Right. It's like, it's just literally a four leaf clover. But you have to think about it all the time because I have clients that are very liberal and I have clients that are very conservative. 
and at the end of the day, I'm like, I have no opinion. <laughs> it's it's like, true. I, I find that, that I find that with my my uh, businesses as well, that I I have my own opinions and but I don't try to push it on the different clients at the end of the day. If the client doesn't first of all, if they're not aligned with my mission, I, I don't even I just pass on it. Right. No. I just pass on it. So that's yeah, not the right, right client for me. Different no. reasons. But, you know, like this roofing company, if they called me to do marketing, I'd be like, absolutely not. I could not never good. do marketing for you, you know, but um, it's just interesting. I mean, we're living in interesting times where with so many different conflicts happening to 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 our point earlier, it's um, you feel like you have to pick a side. But I do feel from a business standpoint, certain companies like Ben and Jerry's, Patagonia and others. Yeah. That that has been their thing for Message decades, for decades, like 40, okay. 50 years. I mean, the tie dye T-shirts from Ben and Jerry's like popular when I was in high school. Yeah. So, so and I'm not going to say how long ago that was, <laughs> but the fashions come back and that scares me. And it's so <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All right. Well. Look, I, I think we've talked about a lot. You've given our listeners a lot to think about as far as like the process for human resources, different ways of doing payroll, using payroll to do timekeeping, applicant tracking, um, talking about filling out the application. I mean, we've I'm going to put all this in the show notes. You've given yeah. us lots to think about. And I think it's important because it's the number one thing that our listeners, the people that we send newsletters to, like this community, it's always like, look, I want to scale my business. And usually it's not funding that they're talking about first or marketing. They're just like, I need people. How do I do yeah. that? Yeah. Do I do I hire freelancers? Do I hire employees? Do I do hybrid? Do I, that is the number one. And then of How course- How do I do it? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's and really like, hard. You know, and even my, I mean, I can't, I'm actually graduated with finance. And so the the cost of the employee is the most expensive thing you'll ever spend for on for your sure. organization, a thousand percent. So treat it as an investment, like a thousand percent. Don't just willy nilly go in knowing your plan. We just did a nonprofit series WebEx yesterday about the importance of an actual strategic talent plan and, you know, looking at workforce planning, job analysis, candidate pool, candidate sourcing, you know, the onboarding process, how that all kind of intertwine and having a plan beforehand. And job analysis alone is so important because how many of us use a job description that was from like 2001 and do you 100% your job is the same as it was in 2001? No, it's not. Uh, right. And, uh, and again, well, I'll leave it at this. The one thing you always need to include on all your job descriptions now is if it's remote, hybrid or in on site as part of the job description, because what we're seeing is an uptick in ADA accommodations. Say I'm a, a secretary. My job is to answer phones and welcome people. And now I'm saying that, you know, traffic stresses me out, so I can't make the drive. Well, there was an actual lawsuit and on the job description, it did not say it was on site. And she won her case. Wow. She needed the accommodation for anxiety and they made it. And they, the, the employer's like, she's the secretary. She has to be here. Nope. Didn't specify it. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, this is all good stuff. Katie, thanks so much again for being in the podcast. If any of our listeners are interested in getting in touch with you, what's the best way? Um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn and I am Katie Howard PHR on LinkedIn or my email, which is Katie dot howard at jmco.com all right and for those of you that listen and have newsletters don't spam her 
email one to one. Don't put her in your newsletter. I know no one is going to do that, but believe me. Well, it happens, you know, and I've had guests in the past say, oh, my God, I got bombarded. I said, well, it wasn't wasn't my audience. Believe me, there's whack jobs out there who just go scraping through the web, even on podcasts to do this. So anyways, if if anybody like mass emails you, it wasn't wasn't my audience. OK, I won't blame you, Alex. You know what? I'll be flattered at the end of the day. I can always delete. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. All right. Have a good one.